Welcome to the All Saints Community Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. We are committed to being rooted in the scriptures and the historic Christian faith and to kingdom life in the power of the Holy Spirit. As you listen, may you be encouraged and empowered to know the Lord Jesus and make Him known. For more information on who we are, visit allsaintsokc.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at ASCCOKC. I would like to take a second to introduce um, the young man who will be bringing the word today. His name is Harrison Thornton, and he is our youth pastor. And what I love about Harrison is, I get the privilege of being in meetings with him, and he is a young man who can give and receive influence with grace. He is kind, and it is in his heart, above all, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He yearns to love his wife, and it is a dear privilege to have him bringing the word today. Will you guys welcome Harrison? I love Esther. She's the best. If you haven't met Esther, you need to meet her. Really, you won't regret it. Well, good morning. Glad to see everybody. This is, it's, it's such a different preaching on Wednesday and preaching on Sunday. It's like, you know, normally it would take about 10 minutes to get everyone to actually look up here, you know. Um, I, I promise I'll try to refrain from the jokes about youth group as much as possible, as much as possible. But I'll, 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 we'll see. James wants jokes, maybe. (laughs) All right, well, today, I think the Lord wants us to talk about beholding the glory of God. It's been on my heart a lot, and as I've been studying for this and preparing for it, I feel like my heart has just, like, been revitalized. Um, And I hope that that happens with your heart today. So let's pray and then let's get started. Father, thank you for you. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your spirit. We recognize that this life would not be worth living without you. that there would be no point in coming here today if you were not real and on the throne, reigning in glory. Lord, stir up our hearts. Prepare us to receive your word today. Be with us. Fill us with your spirit as you teach us today. We bless the name of Jesus. We love you, God. Amen. All right, let's do this. Let's start by reading this one verse, 2 Corinthians 3.18. Should be up there. There you go. It says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Okay, now, if you have your Bible... 
I want you to take 10 seconds and read it. Read it to yourself. want to soak this in. We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. I just want that to like soak into our blood. If I could like inject that into my bloodstream, you know. So something that I often do at youth before getting too far into a sermon um, is we try to define some key words. Now, the word behold is not exactly an uncommon word or a word that most people are not familiar with, but I still think there's value in taking a minute to look at the word and its origins and trying to gain a deeper understanding of what it means, especially within the context of Scripture, uh, because English is obviously not the language in which the Bible was originally written. So the dictionary definition of the English word behold is to see or observe. It's pretty simple, right? But the Greek word which we have translated to behold means literally to know and to be sure to see. So there's actually a deeper level of awe, reverence, and intimacy in this verse than what we see on the surface. So let's plug that into the verse and see if it changes our understanding. We all with unveiled face, seeing and knowing the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. And we all with unveiled face, being sure to see the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. That changes things, right? So now we start to understand that Paul wasn't just saying, hey, look at the glory of God. It's pretty cool, right? It's not what he's saying. It's not casual. All right, I think one of the issues with modern Christianity and every age of Christianity has always always had their issues. We've always been human. But I think one of the issues today is that we've tried to make it all so casual so we can make it feel less churchy or less religious. But when we make everything so casual, I think we miss out on what it really means to behold the glory of God in a life-changing way. God is not casual. He is your friend, yes, but he's not just your buddy. He's a creator. He's the king of the universe, right? The maker of all things. He sustains the universe and all existence with his own hands. The angels are not in heaven just looking casually at God, I promise. Look at any scripture that talks about angels. They are flying around every day, all day, all night, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. There's nothing casual about that. It's complete awe and reverence. So be sure to see the glory of the Lord. Don't miss out on this, all right? You can, you can afford to miss out on everything else that this world has to offer, but you can't afford to miss out on this. Look and behold the glory of the Lord. Okay, so in 2 Corinthians 3.18, there's three key components that I wanna 
kind of focus on. Um, the first one being unveiled face, the second part being beholding the glory of the Lord, and the third part being transformation. Now, we're going to go look at a passage that essentially says the same thing, but it kind of lays it out, um, kind of lays out the, the practical way of doing this. And it's interesting, when I was studying, I read this passage, and I was like, oh, that's like following the exact same pattern. And you'll see what I mean in just a minute. But in Colossians chapter 3, if you want to go there, we're going to read these few verses, verses 1 through 4. Um, and I'm a practical person. I, I love a good practical application, especially when the Scripture actually lays it out word for word. So let's read, and we're going to go one verse at a time. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So the first part, right? That first verse says, If you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. All right? Raised with Christ. That's where the, the unveiled face part comes in. So the really amazing thing about being raised with Christ, or in other words, being saved by Jesus, is that we actually get to see him now. Before, we couldn't see. We could not see the truth. We couldn't see the light. We had veils over our faces. Lost in the dark, thinking that we knew right from wrong, but actually having no idea that we had no idea what the truth actually was. But then Jesus saved us. And when we were saved, suddenly the veil was removed and we could see. We could see the truth. We could see right from wrong. We could see how beautiful and glorious the one true living God is. So what do we do with this information? Now that we no longer have blinders on, we can see clearly what is the response. Do we go looking in the world for other sources of beauty? Go looking for other sources of satisfaction? No. Verse 2. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So you think he's saying, set your mind on the angels? Or think about how beautiful heaven's going to be? No. Those are good things. But that's not what he's saying, right? He says, set your mind on things above. He, he wants us to set our minds on him. He wants us to behold his glory, Right? not on things that are on the earth. Now you understand, everyone beholds something, all right? Everyone is beholding something. You are beholding something in your life, whether it's your job or your home, your family, a goal you're working towards. And these aren't bad things, not bad things, but these are not the things that we're supposed to set our minds on and to behold. What about things that are bad? Okay, I'm going to say something, and I hope that it registers with somebody. Don't behold sin. Stop beholding sin. We talk about this a lot in youth, right? A lot of times we as people, even as Christians, deep down we really don't actually hate our sin all the way. Maybe sometimes we hate it, but 
we really don't fully hate our sin all the way. That's the flesh part of us, right? Ah, oh, but it feels good. It's exciting. You know, I, I don't know. I know it's wrong. I know I shouldn't do it, but I'm just trying to enjoy life. Stop. Stop it. There are much better ways to enjoy life. But do you see what that is? It's beholding sin. It's looking at these things and saying, I don't want to miss out on that. That's beholding sin. Stop doing that. Stop beholding your sin. Learn to behold the glory of God. You're going to behold something. Something in this world is going to get your attention. Something in this world right now has your attention. But nothing in this world can satisfy you and transform you and make you into something better the way that God and his glory can. But what does it look like? What does it really look like? What does it really feel like to behold something good, pure, and beautiful? Again, I'm not talking about just looking at God, right? I'm saying behold him and be in awe and complete awe of who he is. What is it like to see something and be in awe? You're speechless, right? Words can't really do justice when you're trying to describe it. Has anyone ever had a moment of pure awe? Yeah, if you have, you probably remember it and you can vividly see it right now. I'll give you one, an example of, from me recently. So Hope and I found out about a month and a half, two months ago, that Hope is pregnant. We're having a baby. So if you didn't know that, now you know. Now, the moment I found out is not what I'm referring to. I was not in awe on that moment. No. No, that was the moment of panic. Um, I, <laughs> I woke up to screaming and crying, and I'm, who died, you know? And then Hope shows me the little pregnancy test, and I'm like, oh, it was me. I died. <laughs> so that, that was not the moment of awe. Um, but praise the Lord that he's, he's changed my emotions from shock to excitement. And we are excited. Just wasn't the, the way that we planned it. Anyways, fast forward a few weeks. We go to have the first ultrasound, and I, you know, we're excited, I'm like, hey, this is going to be cool, we're going to get to see this ultrasound, see a picture of a little blob that's supposed to be our baby. Um, but nothing could have prepared me for what was going to happen. When the doctor pushed play on that computer, and we heard the baby's heartbeat, I was stunned. I was speechless. That was the most real moment of my whole life. It was one of the most incredible things. Words really couldn't describe the emotions and the thoughts and the feelings that I was having in that moment. And if you've been there, if you've, if you've done that, then you know exactly what I'm saying. This is what it's like to truly behold the glory of God. Except, instead of listening to a baby's heartbeat on a computer screen, you're standing face to face with the God of the universe, the one who created you with his own hands. The one who has power beyond our ability to comprehend. You're standing face to face with him. 
He's the most beautiful thing that you could ever encounter. All right. Next verse. Verse 3. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. All right, you students, stop me if you've heard this one before. Guess what? If you are alive in Christ, you are a new creation. New creation, right? Completely new creation. Not like just a little bit reshaped, right? Not just same old me, just a little new and improved. Not Harrison 2.0, nope. A new creation, a different person. Old me's dead. I died. Praise the Lord. And that's what it says. It says you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The old you is no longer here. Right? The, the Harrison that my friends in college knew, they wouldn't recognize me today because I'm not the same person. Thank the Lord. I'm not the same person. They wouldn't even know me because I'm a new creation. Completely new. And Jesus didn't die the most brutally, the, the most brutally painful death, the most humiliating death possible. Like, that was the most humiliating way to die at that point in time. He didn't do that so that we could try to walk with him, but also not really be fully willing to be changed. It's a complete change, complete transformation. You're a new creation. So let's start to view it this way, right? The person you used to be, if you know Christ now, that person's dead. Forget about that person. I mean, have your good memories from childhood and, you know, those things, but that person's dead. New creation. You've been transformed. And let's look in verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So what is the end result of all of this? We appear with Christ in glory. We have been completely and entirely transformed. We spend our lives beholding his glory and being transformed and conformed more and more into his image until the work is complete. But my question is, why wait? Why sit back and just kind of let the Lord transform you a little bit here, a little bit there over time? Is it because you don't want to give up your sin? Is it because you don't want to give up that idol that you're clinging on to? It's because you're just not really ready to be made fully into a new creation. Maybe you haven't learned truly to behold the glory of God. Let me tell you, when you see it, when you truly see it, it changes you in a way that you cannot describe. So I dare you to look at it. I urge you implore you, look at it, look at and behold the glory of God and let it take over you. Let it take over you completely. Let God have his way. Let that fear of man go back to hell where it came from. Forget about dignity. You don't need it. 
Once you get a glimpse of the glory of God, you will be utterly captivated by his beauty. And then the only thing that matters is worshiping and knowing and loving God forever. One more thing, and then we're going to take communion together. We should have plenty of time to to take communion. So we just talked a lot about beholding, but I want to take a minute and talk about the glory part. So we don't have time to go into like the deep dive, but this is an interesting study, and you should do it on your own time. You should. Uh, But look at this verse from Ezekiel 3.12. should be up there, I think. Yeah. Behold the glory of the Lord from its place. Now, if you've read Ezekiel, you'll know what's happening in the first few chapters. All right, he is literally seeing the throne of God and getting a glimpse at the full glory of God, right? In a way that we, well, most of us, I think, probably have not experienced. But the word here translated to glory literally means that which is heavy. And that's the, that's the interesting thing to, to study that you should do on your own time. But why is this important? Because it gives us insight into something very crucial. Has anyone ever felt like they could feel the presence of the Lord, like a physical feeling? Anyone feel this morning during worship? I did. I, I don't think I was alone in that. But it, it's a heavy overwhelming feeling, but it's pure and good, right? That is the glory of God. The glory of God is a real, tangible thing. It's not the same glory as the person, you know, who won the gold medal at the Olympics. It's not that kind of glory. It's not the the quarterback getting interviewed at the end of the game. We're not talking about that kind of glory. This is a tangible, physical reality that we actually get to feel and experience, and it changes us. You can't enter into God's presence, feel the weight of his glory, behold him in awe and wonder, and not be deeply impacted and profoundly changed. So there's going to be an invitation to come and behold the glory of God, all right? While we take communion, I want you to think about these things. Forget about dignity. Forget about how people look at you. And the truth is, if everyone is forgetting about how people are looking, then we're all, you know, crying and kneeling before the Lord, then no, no one cares. No one's looking at you because they're encountering the Lord for themselves. They don't care. If, if they're beholding the glory of the Lord, they don't care what's happening with you. I don't care what you're looking like over here, right? So if we're all doing that together, then I promise nobody cares what you look like because they're focused on seeing the Lord. So I wanna kind of do communion a little bit different today. Um, Yeah. And Wallace is gonna come up and, and facilitate that here in just a minute. But as you're preparing to take communion, and as you're taking it, and after you take it, focus on beholding the glory of God. So try this today. 
Okay, I know normally we, we like stand in circles or sit in circles and we kind of pray and take it together, and that's good. That's, that's not the wrong way to do it. But I want us to try something today, if you're willing to do it. And you can, I'm just going to walk through this, and, and you can just start to visualize this even now. But as you take your bread and your cup and you prepare to partake, I want you to find a place to kneel or to sit and close your eyes. And you can do that, you can get with the people that you normally you know, take communion with, but I want you to find a place to either kneel, like get on your knees, or sit somewhere. And let's even start to do this right now. Why don't you go ahead and close your eyes? Let's get in this place right now. And then when you come and get the elements, go back to this place and walk through this again, okay? Picture Jesus on the cross. Think of everything Jesus has done for you. How he saved you, what he saved you from, what you need him to save you from now. See those sins up on the cross, nailed with him. And see his broken body dripping with blood. Look at how much he loves you. Then see him risen again in glory. Picture him ascending into heaven as the angels cheer and worship him. See him sitting on his throne of glory. Give thanks as you take his broken body and the cup of the new covenant. And once you've taken it, I want you to stay still and continue to picture him and worship him. Let's do that. And, if, and just, just see if you're not deeply impacted by beholding the glory of God. Let's not make this a casual thing, all right? Let's try this today. So once you come get the elements, why don't you find a place to sit or kneel and picture those same things as you prepare to have communion with God. Lord, prepare us. Prepare us to have communion with you. Show us your glory. Teach us to behold your glory. Show us who you are. We bless the name of Jesus. We love the name of Jesus. We bow to you, Lord. Amen.